welcome to Beyond the Venue podcast. I'm your host, MG, the venue specialist. We have a super exciting treat today. Uh, This is our final episode of season one. So we're flipping the camera around and bringing in my producer, Daniela Galdi. Good morning, Daniela. Good morning. So she is the founder of Vivesta Agency, who produces Beyond the Venue podcast. And I am super excited to bring her on today. And we're just going to recap season one, as well as, you know, dive into topics like I do with the rest of my guests. So she is a woman of many, 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 many talents. And I am so glad that your cousin introduced us a couple of years ago. It's just been a whirlwind romance ever since. But we, um, earlier in the season, I had Jason and Michelle on as guests and we talked about how I had spent time in their office and I had brought up one of their employees who is cousins with Daniela, who says, you have to meet my cousin. And so this was the summer of 2019. And I think we did a, maybe like a phone call maybe, cause this was pre, pre-Zoom, pre. <laughs> I think so. I think we did a phone call and then we were like, let's meet up. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to introduce you to these 20 people. And as people keep popping up in my life and I'm just going to keep introducing. And I'm like, this girl is it just unstoppable. I love this. Um, and we finally got to meet up in person at Front Street Cafe. Um, so we are going to finally get to meet up in person again next week uh, and hug each other for the first time in a very, very long time. I cannot wait for that. But you said you also had um, another Front Street Cafe story. I'd love to hear about it. Oh, okay. So, okay. First of all, I just, I missed you so much, MG, and I cannot wait to see you and hug you and um, eat cauliflower, <laughs> cauliflower from <laughs> Front Street Cafe. So, so a funny story with Front Street Cafe, which I can't remember if I told you, but I will tell all the listeners. So um, when I was 24, I had a Pilates studio for four years in Northern Liberties, and I had moved to three different locations. It was an ordeal. Um, talk about commitment issues. I couldn't commit, <laughs> I couldn't commit to one location and there were reasons behind it, but my final location was, um, actually my landlord was the owner of front street cafe. And I remember I was, um, closing up my shop at that time and I had to bring a check, you know, cause in, in that world we were dropping off checks and things like that. So I had to bring a check to, um, Leo was his name and I actually, yeah. So I, I actually got to see front street cafe when it was all rubble and nothing was, they were just in the first stages of creating it. And I remember him telling me, he was so excited. And I I remember him telling me like, it's going to be this great cafe and there's going to be upstairs outside and we're going to break all these walls down and there's going to be healthy options. There's going to be food. And it was, it's incredible. So if you haven't, I mean, I know you've been, but anyone else listening, um, it's incredible. And it was so interesting to see it from like rubble. And then I think like whenever they were finished, um, my boyfriend actually ended up, he said, Hey, remember that place that Leo opened? It's all done now. And I said, Oh my gosh, I have to check it out. So when they, when I could get over there, I was like, this is incredible. (laughs) What they turned so beautiful. And Oh gosh, it's just so yummy. Everything. (laughs) That's I, it's funny. Cause I, I lived in Northern Liberties while I was in grad school. Um, so I wonder if, if our paths ever crossed and we just didn't know it because when 
Front Street Cafe was opening, um, a girlfriend of mine from Drexel uh, was helping them kind of like get open. And so she was doing kind of like front of house operations. And part of her responsibility was to help put together the beer list. And I was working at Flying Fish at the time. And so she'd reached out to me and said, hey, you know, can you bring some samples? Like we were, we would love to carry flying fish. Like we just need to figure out which one it's going to be. And so meeting with the owners and, you know, it's, again, it's all about relationships. It's all about who, you know, <laughs> I bet we've crossed paths so many times. Actually <laughs> met. Never knew it. <laughs> um, life always finds a way. So, and then, you know, getting able to, reconnect with the space once again, because they do, you know, I'm curious to see what they're going to go back to, but before the pandemic, they were doing a max 55 person wedding on the second floor up there. And just such a beautiful space where you can take the, you know, the ceremony in that private room and flip the space around. And, um, you know, it just, it, it, it sucks. It, um, I feel like a, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the event space. Cause it seems like people are done with the small and they're ready to go big. Um, but I think there's still going to be a lot of need for, you know, a niche space like that. Um, you know, and I, there'll always be a amazing restaurant and cafe. So <laughs> absolutely. And I agree with you, MG about, um, I think, I do think this, the idea of like small, uh, party situations is going to stay. I can speak for myself when I say, um, especially when we talk about it later with all those wedding festivities, but, um, there's some things I value so much about like an intimate space. Um, and, and I just feel like front street cafe literally, um, has so many options, especially with like their outdoor space. And it's just, there's so many options, but so I feel like I'm, I geek out a little bit at like seeing how venues, um, are utilizing their spaces. So I can't imagine <laughs> what it's like for you as the venue yes. specialist it's um i i joke that every time i walk into a new venue that really takes my breath away that you know husband we're getting divorced and getting remarried here because this is it <laughs> this is the space and then it's like oh well i could just have a party here i don't <laughs> you don't have to, <laughs> have to go through all that legal but there's it's, it's just such an abundance of super cool, unique venues, whether it's a, a restaurant or, you know, an unfurnished space, it's, you know, Philly just, it's overflowing and I love it. So I, I also geek out and get excited. Um, but at the same time, it's my job to figure out what the client wants because it's, it's their event, not mine. So, um, I digress. Uh, so <laughs> So with, so we, we, we kept in touch throughout the pandemic, um, still continuing to support each other in various ways where we could, um, you've always been such an amazing cheerleader on Instagram, which is so adorable. Um, and then in December, you had reached out to me and said, Hey, <laughs> I have an idea that I've been noodling on. Would you be interested in hosting a podcast? And I'm like, sure. Um, you know, events are shut down. <laughs> whole lot going on right now so when we spoke more in detail about it and had that um you know deep dive conversation you shared with me you had had 
And I didn't realize until later on that you had had this idea in the back of your mind for years of the concept of save, saving a seat, save her seat, save my seat. And that was your original idea for a podcast. And initially I, I loved the idea, but as I started researching, I was like, okay, there's like a couple like I'm not 100% sold on it. Let's let's keep throwing some ideas around, and you know the concept of beyond the venue was born. But you know, with all of the episodes that we've recorded, I was hesitant to come up with the episode name first. I wanted to see where conversations went, see where the themes are. And, you know, I never thought I was much one for puns, but I feel like I've done a pretty good job. Uh, you have, you <laughs> absolutely have. <laughs> but it just, it felt so appropriate to call this episode, She Saved Me a Seat, because you literally saved a seat for me. I saved a seat for you. Apparently the universe has been trying to get us to work together for probably the last two decades and it finally happened. And so, um, you know, can you share with our listeners a little bit more of your backstory um, as to how, like, why me? <laughs> oh, that's easy. <laughs> and um, yeah, like, why, let us know a little bit more backstory. Absolutely. So I have nothing but pure love for you. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I do. Um, so, you know, I, I appreciate your kind words and everything, but everything in terms of like following along with like what you do in your business and who you are. And like when we met at um, Front Street Cafe, like I just, we clicked so instantly and I just loved your energy. And I loved how, I also loved how like well, I loved how funny you were and are. <laughs> but I also loved how like you listened so well and you just, you had this great energy. You listened so well. And you're also very like, very enthusiastic for me as well. Um, but then it also just very, you have this really graceful assertiveness about you, which I just, I admire so much. So yes, I am going to gush over you, all the listeners. Graceful I assertiveness. I love yes. that. You do put that in your bio. I, I, I got it. Okay. We're going to cancel the podcast. So I can go update my Instagram bio. Graceful, assert, putting the grace and graceful assertiveness. You do. And so I was just so many things, you know, so it was pure love, pure support, but um, I actually had you in mind for so long. So, so, you know, my background is, is artistry. So I grew up as a performing artist and dance, and then it's expanded from there. Um, I started to go more into production of videos and um, I've done live productions for like over a decade, um, maybe even longer than that, but I won't do the math right now. Um, and so, you know, I, I, for the past few years, I transitioned from, um, while I still love live performance and will do it, I started to find a new love of like media and communications and expanding on like the digital world and how can, how can that work? So I've been in front of the camera um, you know, I did like QVC for a few years and I did a lot of interviews. I have my own podcast, which you mentioned still standing podcast. Um, but my love for like making ideas come for, come to life has never ended MG. So, you know, I can think back to my senior year of college and it was like that time where you're like, okay, what do I do? Am I just going to 
go audition for a million things, which I did. <laughs> that never, I know, right? Exactly. That's, so uh, I, that senior year of the what's yeah. next, what are you doing? I, I, I remember telling my best friend's mom, cause people wouldn't stop asking me. I was like, I'm going to open a surf shop in San Diego. Like that's, I, I, I don't that surf. Idea. I don't, but it's just, we had just gotten back from a trip and I'm like, I don't know what I am doing with my life. <laughs> just Listen, I'm still figuring it out, but I tell you what, <laughs> all you listeners out there that are trying to figure out the what's next, like it's okay. <laughs> Take your time and figure it out. And it's not what you have to do for the rest of your life. And I think both of us are proof of that. Exactly. That is exactly right. And, you know, so, um, and be confident because I remember I had so much self doubt and I think that, but my path took me where my path was supposed to go. But, you know, I think had I had more confidence, I would have done other things. Um, but I really just, you know, I narrowed it down my senior year to like, I just want to like make all these ideas in my head come to life and help other people with their ideas come to life. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what it is. So, you know, how many ways can we do this? So I actually had you in mind for a very long time. Um, I keep an inventory list of all the ideas and God forbid my phone does anything <laughs> like knock on wood. I will like, I will probably go into the deepest depression I've ever been in and just be like, I can't go on anymore. <laughs> Cause you all gotta of back my- up your hard drive. That's what I we do. Sex in yes. the city taught us that you yeah. gotta, you gotta back up that hard drive. Oh, I know the exact episode you're talking about too with with Aiden, right? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't back up your hard drive. No, I did not. <laughs> oh, that's so great! I love it. So yeah, so I keep it backed up, thankfully. But you know, I have had this idea in um in my phone for I think like two or three years now at this point, and I and I knew it wasn't for me. So I knew it wasn't. I was like. I mean, you and I even were speaking before this, like you, I knew I needed someone who knew the industry, who was so in love with like events and venues and, you know, all these things. And um, so it wasn't me, although I love to hear about it. I love to go to them. Um, I really, you know, I enjoy coordinating things. I, it wasn't for me. So I pretty sure I, I don't know if I told you this, but I had you in, I'm pretty sure I had you in mind probably when I left Front Street Cafe, you know, like, <laughs> Whenever, you know, but so I had this idea and I was like hesitant to ask you. And then finally I was just like, what do I want? I wanted like to bring event talk and, um, you know, like, uh, and it goes back probably to my love of like artistry and artists and, and helping them to promote themselves. Um, so it was like, but how can I make this even bigger and like broader to be like, all right, let's, let's highlight people in events. Let's highlight um, people who are putting on events. Let's highlight people just in the industry working around, you know, um, bars, restaurants, things like that. So it started to expand. And as it did, it was just like, uh, like, it was almost like lights were going off every time, like MJ, MJ, MJ. <laughs> like she's well, so the timing perfect. was perfect. Like the, I, if you would have asked me prior to December, 2020, I, I probably still would have just said yes. Cause I would have been in love with the idea. And I obviously love you too. And I absolutely love your energy. Um, but it wouldn't have been the same. And I, I wouldn't, it was the exact right time when you asked. And, um, one of the reasons, well, there, I, there's a multitude of reasons. One being, you know, they shut down events again in mid-November, like specifically indoor events and no one's doing outdoor events in the winter. Um, and so 
events were shut down. And I also, at the same time, the universe was reaching out to me because I had done a workshop with my friend, Hillary Ray, who owns Tell Me a Story. And, you know, part of what she does is help you bring out the stories to help, whether it's selling yourself, telling your brand, telling your story. And so I had done a workshop with her in September and it was just kind of like a one week, one kind of one time thing. She reaches out in November, right when things are shutting down and says, um, I'm, you know, I'm offering a special to clients who took part in, you know, part one, would you like to do a more intense deep dive and do part two? And at first I was hesitant, um, you know, mostly from a financial standpoint, but then I looked at everything that I was supposed to get out of it and still at the time had no idea that I'd be doing a podcast. And part of the workshop, and I guess a major part of it is you are recording for two hour sessions with her. So exactly like what I do with my podcast guests. Um, and I'm having to go back and watch myself perform. And I, that's a question that I've gotten from several friends about the podcast is, you know, how awful is it to hear your own voice? And I'm like, it's totally fine now where it, it, Working with Hillary, I was able to work out the insecurities and kind of get my confidence back, get my voice back um, and be, you know, even when I would go back and watch the recordings and it's like, I was not feeling very good that day or, you know, I had a terrible night's sleep the night before, but I'm still coming across totally fine. How is this possible? It's <laughs> so that incredible, was incredible, right? <laughs> it was this very transformative experience that just gave me the confidence I needed to host a podcast. And so then when you reach out to me and say, do you want to host a podcast? I'm like, I, like that is part of what, you know, Hillary's one-on-one uh, -on -one workshops are designed to do that. Like if you're going to be either a guest on a podcast, a host on a podcast. And so I, yeah, I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> let's, I, let's love, I love that you had that when you mentioned um, along our, you know, our journey together, when you mentioned having had that training, I was so happy because it is a, for myself having like, you know, the training with it, it is a, it's a long journey. Sometimes <laughs> it can, it can be, a, it's a bit to get over those insecurities at first or to be able to hear your voice. And, and I'm coming from somebody who like my whole life I've been dancing and I've had to see myself on video forever. And I still, and I was like, oh, wow. I like, it was as if I had never performed when I first went on to my first like media coaching <laughs> training. And also I was like, oh, okay. I have to accept that's my voice. It's <laughs> <laughs> like listening to a, like listening to a voicemail or something of yourself or hearing, hearing your voice prior to that. You're, it, it's definitely cringeworthy. And do I really sound like that? Yeah, you do. And everybody thinks that. And everyone it's, thinks it. And then you get over it and then it's, you notice, you know, what works, what's, what's actually a distraction and what's actually just a distraction to you. Um, I have a, if we are going to digress, I have a really funny story about a voicemail though. <laughs> digress away. Um, so when I um, was very tired, I remember being very burnt out in my, in my studio. So I was in my twenties and I was probably tired and I apparently made a voicemail that was on there for clients to hear for, I can't even tell you how long I want to say at least a good few months, if not a year. 
and I, and finally, nobody brought it up to me. Like nobody <laughs> in my life brought it up to me. And finally, I think it was my boyfriend who said, did you ever hear your voicemail? It's hilarious. And I was like, or my voice message, it's hilarious. And I said, no, why? What is it? It's just me saying like, Hey, this is Daniela. I must've not saved the right one. And so forever my voice message was, hi, you've reached Daniela. Uh, and it was just me moaning, <laughs> like so frustrated <laughs> that I, and I was like, nobody told me I've had like people like clients and like pr- professionals. Call me. So I, digress. Well, I think it's, we, I think we laugh too, that, um, I know for years, the joke has been made, you know, who actually uses their phone as a phone anymore? Like we are constant. <laughs> texters and emails that, um, you know, it's even, I would so much rather, you know, book stuff online and (laughs) it's, I love talking to people, but when it comes to like simple interactions, I would rather just like push a couple buttons. And so, you know, making a phone call and then do you leave a voicemail or do you just send a text message? And typically like 99% of the time, I'll just send a text message because is it the first time I'm calling this person? And they're not picking up because they're screening it because they don't recognize the number. And so I will text. Um, So I, you know, I'm hoping that a lot of people just found it hilarious that, um, but it's funny too, because that doesn't match your personality at all. (laughs) And so I think maybe because it was such, uh, you know, what you weren't expecting that I, I would like to think that I would crack up and probably cry and laugh so hard (laughs) as I did at the story just now. Oh, good. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, And I just had um, a girlfriend of mine that uh, puts together um, like an entrepreneur meetup. Uh, She, her and I were playing phone tag and uh, just a couple months ago. And she said, your outgoing message, it, it had my, like, it's Mary Grace from my former employer from four years ago. Oh, And so I don't know if this was some sort of phone update that it reverted, back, but it was so strange because I'm like, yeah, that was four years ago. Like, <laughs> That's spooky. It's, I definitely know that I changed it after that. So I, it, I'm, I'm glad that she let me know. And I'm also glad that I don't really get all that many phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Now it wouldn't matter for me because now it's all, again, like you said, it's all texts and emails and things like that. But uh, back then, I wonder how many people were like, oh, she's going through it. (laughs) Well, speaking of going through it, um, one of the recurring themes throughout the entire season, and we've had a bunch, I mean, community, relationships, um, you know, the hospitality community really looking out for one another, taking care of each other. Um, you know, finding these creative ways to just exist. Um, but one of the things that we kind of kept coming back to that, um, especially since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, um, let's talk about mental health. Um, you know, I, I've been seeing a therapist for several years um, and I, I always talk about it because I, I want to normalize therapy. I definitely agree that it's, sh- you know, mental health is health and it should be a part of healthcare, which is already a complete disaster in our country to yeah. begin with. Um, so I, you know, I'd love for you to talk about your organization still standing, um, and let our listeners know what, what that's all about. Absolutely. Um, and I just have to say, I, MG, think you did 
such a phenomenal job at fostering and supporting people throughout each episode and being able to open up conversations. Um, Again, you are graceful. <laughs> because it's part of graceful assertiveness. Graceful assertiveness. But yeah, I just, when you mentioned that, you know, when we were going through this whole process of, of creating um, Beyond the Venue, when you mentioned the important parts to you, like bringing up mental health and opening up conversations, I love that because that took it so much further than what I had even envisioned for the original, you know, the original thought. And so you wanted to bring in so many amazing things about like mental health, inclusivity and all these like social justice and um, just how people can get ahead um, and progress with love. And so I think you just did such an amazing job at that with who you brought on and the guests, you know, is this, am I able to plug? Go back and listen to the episodes if you haven't, everyone. Yes, of course. <laughs> but like all the great guests you brought on and the, the um, variety of, of topics, but then it all did, like you said, it all came back to like community and mental health and and uh, being there for one another and, and the relationships and things like that. So I commend And the vulnerability that. of our guests yeah. has been amazing and the willingness uh, for them to share a piece of themselves with the universe, I, I thought was just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And I will say listeners, so part of my process um, to make sure that I am speaking to subjects that not only the reason why I brought the guests on the show in the first place, but I am also avoiding any topics that they don't want to discuss. And so I do begin about a week before I record with my guests, you know, a shared Google Doc of talking points um, that they're able to add and subtract as they see fit. And, you know, that I am honoring anything that they are just really uncomfortable talking about or just do not mention this, or there, there are just so many things in this world that can be triggering for so many people that, that, that we wouldn't be aware of um, in certain instances. So some we are and some we aren't. And, you know, constantly reminding ourselves that you have no idea what's going on in someone's head, on someone's day, in someone's week, um, you know, especially during such a trying point in history. I was really happy that we both aligned on that, like making sure that they're comfortable and, and no, we're not ex exploiting them or in any, in any way or triggering any guest or, or listener. So um, I'm so glad because, you know, so, so mental health is, uh, all health is so important to me. Um, <laughs> just taking care of ourselves and, and constantly being able to, you know, um, improve and feel better so that we can like live life to our fullest and, and uh, not have these limitations. I'm not very big on limitations. And I think back to when I was like younger and I, you know. It's just funny because like, you use the word limitations, but like you're definitely you respect boundaries. And so, you know, very, very different. Interesting. Oh, I have to talk to my therapist about that. So I also go to a therapist. I've had like, so still standing together is about, it's a, it's kind of evolving. And when it first started, it evolved. From, How long have you, have you had um, this group? So 2019 was when we originally, like I, I started the planning in two, November, 2018, but 2019 was when it really launched. So um, it stemmed from me hitting a point where I was in, I wasn't able to get out of bed again. I was in my lowest point of depression. My anxiety was through the roof. I could barely talk to people. I was isolating. Um, you know, I, I do have, I had a panic attack disorder, but I was not, they weren't so much, but everything else was being affected. And um, 
I wasn't getting help because of money. And so mm. uh, finally, you know, I was at my worst. I, I knew better than to not have therapy. I've been going to therapy since I was 24. So, um, you know, I had people who were there for me. Um, like my, I remember my boyfriend came home from work cause I was like, could, I was debilitated. I, there was no getting me out of bed and, um, I could bear, like, I was dizzy. It was a, it was a, it was an experience, but I had been there before years earlier. And I had promised myself I would do what I needed to do to take care of myself to not get that way. Right. So, um, flash forward like six months, I was, my sister had put money in my account. My boyfriend came home. My family was like, this is like, we need to get you moving again. Like we need to get you talking to someone. Um, cause I couldn't do it for myself. I talked myself out of it. And so six months later, you know, I was in therapy and I would remember hysterical as I do often hysterically crying <laughs> in therapy. And I was just, you know, telling my therapist, like, I can't imagine people who don't know where to turn because I would, I would turn, you know, if let's say MJ was like the first time we met, I would contact you before I would contact my sister. You know what I mean? Because I was so afraid of burdening my family and like the people I knew for a long times at that point. So, um, you know, and I, and I kind of came with this concept. I was like, I'm not a therapist. I don't want to go back to school for it, but I, how can I do this to where I can get people connected with who they need to be and like build them friendships where they know that they can reach out to that person if they're stuck in bed that day or if they're, you know, any type of, of, of difficulty they're going through. So still standing together came about. Um, we hold like support groups, workshops. I'm actually expanding um, because for me mental health awareness month, I try to pick a new focus. And so since movement is such a big part of my mental health and um, movement can be so great for our everyone's better health in many ways but also the mind um you know so i'm going to i've always wanted to expand on still staying together so there's a division starting which i haven't announced yet um but there's a division starting called rise so it's going to have um arts and healing it's going to have ongoing classes as opposed to just the support groups and workshops that i hold like every six to eight weeks so these ongoing classes will be like movement fitness arts and healing um they'll be like natural remedy classes like i'm just i want ongoing opportunities for people um and i want you know there'll still be support groups and i'm hoping to offer you know ways that community can come together um, my ultimate goal, I'm going to wrap this up, I promise. My ultimate goal for still standing together, though, is what you mentioned is one is normalizing it, getting people talking so that they don't have to hide, so that they seek help. The other big ultimate goal of still standing together is to eventually get it to where, like, it's more, it's not more affordable, but it's accessible to people because I don't want to take away from, you know, the therapists and their value and, and traditional, non-traditional coaches, you know, spiritual guides, mentors, things like that. Um, but, but, you know, starting programs, um, doing, I don't know, would I have to go to legisl legislation? I don't know this yet. So like doing things to where um, mental health checks are like annuals, like you would get to, a, you know, go to a doctor or every six mm -hmm. months at the dentist oh, and it's yeah. covered. Yeah. So that's my biggest, biggest goal. What I do now though with it is that anything that comes in financially, um, 10% is always going towards either the still standing grant, which is given one year to, um, a, a woman or femme identifying person, uh, who has gone through like a crisis. So the first year we gave it to a woman who was, 
um, hit by a car on her way to work and she's, you know, suffering traumatic experience, uh, brain trauma. Um, and then this year we actually gave it to a woman who, um, is in New York and, uh, she's actually someone I do know, but she, um, had a stroke, unexpected stroke. And so her recovery, she was limited during pandemic. And so with the grant that we were able to give uh, this year, she was actually able to get this really cool like hand motion therapy for home for at home because she's in New York. So it was really hard for her to get to therapy, like, you know, all this, all these situations, but now she's actually, she had no mobility. She was just waiting to get this crazy robot type thing. Um, I forget the name of it now. I apologize, but it is on our site. Um, but she was able to get that. And now she has mobility, you know, on her with her left hand, which she did not have because she was waiting to get this, you know, equipment. That's um, amazing. Really yeah. So, so uh, were your, were your meetups in person that went virtual and yes. when they went virtual, um, you know, I know a lot of our other uh, podcast guests have been able to expand their audience with um, with virtual. So do you think you'll uh, continue offering uh, both in-person and virtual moving forward? I will. Yes. So so um, when pandemic hit, I mean, I'm human. And so I, uh, I kind of backed off a little bit because I felt like we were really all overwhelmed. And so instead of, uh, I took a little break from offering the groups um, we had done you a few fill what you can't pour from an empty cup. <laughs> so yeah, had to make One sure <laughs> it was empty. It was real say, empty. You gotta, you gotta put you gotta put your uh, your mask on before assisting others. All those all those uh, sayings. Yes, and so I have now found the way that I I I feel that the connections can still happen virtually. Um, but I'm in the fall, we're hoping to go back to in person as well. So but what I did was focus on reaching out directly to, to our community of people that have, you know, so I, I really focused on individualism. Um, but yes, yeah, so virtual worked, though. And thankfully, we were able to, you know, like everyone else, uh, people from other states now were able to join in. And so it just it opens up a whole new world of like, okay, well, where can this go to make sure that people are supported all over? Um, one of the, one of the yeah. things I've loved, um, I've, you know, joined up with a couple different, um, anti-racism workshop groups. And, um, one of the phrases that instead of saying a safe space, like, cause it's, it's, it's a brave space. Mm. And I think that that also sounds like it resonates for still standing together because, you know, everyone has been through trauma and, and is trying to like work through it. And so, um, you, you know, there could be some discomfort, but it's, you know, working through that discomfort in a completely different way, um, with trying to, to heal. Yes. And I love that a brave space. Like I love that so much. And that's the goal. I mean, just, uh, you know, still standing together actually came from one night when we were watching the show, um, a million little things, and I couldn't mm -hmm. find a name for couldn't find a name for what I wanted to do that like really res like really had power for me. Um, and they were singing the Elton John "Still Standing" song, and I was like, "Okay, well here oh, we yeah. go." Okay, so, yeah. So right. it, it's just all about how many resources, tools can we provide for people to help prevent them um, and help them cope, help them to get through whatever they're going through, and then how many connections and relatable experiences can I also connect people with so that they know that like they're not one 
by themselves. And I know, you know, that's common, but like, really, we don't want people to know they're alone because once you're alone, the hardest part I feel is reaching out and, you know, uh, so that's amazing that you've, that you've put that together. I, I love it. So, well, let's, let's switch to some fun, some fun chatter. (laughs) Um, you, sent me an email about like this long list of venues throughout, not just the Philadelphia area, but like the region. And you're like, I just went to all of these this, this weekend. Um, have you heard of them? And some of them I was familiar with some, I wasn't, um, you had a crazy wedding weekend and I want to hear all about it because the way that those venues listed out made no sense to me. So Oh my goodness, MJ. And I could not wait to tell you like every single event that I was going to, I was like, I have to tell him. I was like, save for the podcast, <laughs> yeah. save for the podcast, save, save for, for the, the podcast. podcast. So I did, I saved it for the podcast. Well, I did write you an email, but, um, so <laughs> I had a wedding bonanza. I think every, which probably you've seen everybody who planned to get married in 2020, everyone moved there event to May of 2021. <laughs> so, um, you know, there was a shower that was in there. Was a, I had a bridal shower for a wedding I was in. Um, but this, the wedding bonanza weekend was wild. So we went to a place called the Cove, which is in New Jersey. Um, nice little banquet hall, delicious food. Um, so that was the first one. That was the rehearsal dinner. I was in this wedding, so it was at the rehearsal dinner. The next night I had a wedding. So we're at Friday. So it was Thursday. Next night, Friday, I had a wedding. Um, and I was so excited because I'd never been. It was a, a traditional Jewish wedding, and I'd never been to that. So I was really excited to be a part of that. Um, and then it was also at a Russian restaurant. And so I got to eat such good food, such good food. The food just kept revolving around the table. And what was wild about it, and I don't even know, you know, my, if my friend's listening, she's going to laugh, but I don't even know if she knew this was going to happen. The DJ and the performers there, it was like you were at, like, an award show, like a concert. There were performers, and, you know, I was all up in that because <laughs> I love the performances and dances. And so they had, like, dancers with feathers, and they were live singers, and they, it was it lights everywhere. Like it was magical. That was called Golden Gate. So then oh, sorry, had, I'm curious. Yeah. I, I meant to look up to see if that was um the same owners that own Fabrica. So there is a spot that opens up right before the pandemic. Um, that my friend uh Beth Lawrence was helping to open. And I think you introduced me to Beth Lawrence. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. It was amazing. Um, when they did like kind of the soft opening and the performances were absolutely wild. Like it's, it, it was a whole nother level. It's uh, so, and I, you know, it's funny as I performed with some of those friends that perform at Fabrica now, they are incredible. I don't go in the air. I'm afraid to, and they do wild things in the air that like you have to, everyone has to go say. So I don't know if that is, but Golden Gate was very, you would not expect it. And it was in Ben Salem. So I was excited to tell you all these different spots because I was in New Jersey on Thursday. I was in Ben Salem on Friday. Saturday, I was back in New Jersey at uh, Clark's, I believe it's called, um, which was, uh, we were we were over- overlooking like a dock with, um, oh gosh, here's my awful geography. And I don't know if it was a river, lake. 
It was a body of water. It was very pretty. Again, was this awesome. another wedding? That this was another night? wedding. This was a wedding I was in all day long. So, um, and then the next day I had a bridal shower. <laughs> so Saturday I was in New Jersey. Sunday I was in Glen Mills at Terrain, mm-hmm. which I had never been, but I know you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely. And then at night I came home and ordered a pizza because I was so tired from the weekend. That is exhausting. That is wow. Was the rehearsal dinner paired with the Friday night wedding or for the Saturday wedding? It was paired for the Saturday. Okay. So you had rehearsal dinner Thursday, a completely different wedding Friday. And then so were you and were you in the wedding on Friday as well? No. Okay. Well, I felt like it because I threw myself in on stage a couple times. Love it. That's that's being the best wedding guest ever. Yes. And um, then the wedding, I saw three different groups of friends in one weekend. That I, I like, I got everything in from pandemic, not seeing anybody, to being vaxxed and like partying with three different groups. And how was that for you? Because I actually, um, I I just uh, had a blog post go live today. Um, about like, how do we do this again? How do we, okay, we're vaxxed up, stuff's opening up. How, how do we do this? Um, because I, uh, a girlfriend of mine had suggested that as a podcast episode. And I was like, well, I think it probably fit better as a blog because we do recordings so far in advance that, you know, by the time <laughs> the episode airs, you know, who knows, but you know, different things have come out of my friend's mouths where, you know, in, in April when I'm realizing like, okay, we're all going to be vaxxed by mid to late May. I'd love to host like a girl's brunch, happy hour, like you name it. And everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm super excited. And the one was like, can I wear sweatpants and not talk to anyone? (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, we just did indoor dining for the first time, uh, this past Friday and my friend who's was is fully vaxxed as well is like I'm not comfortable with that like I am not ready for that and so you know I think the point that I just tried to hit home was ease into it do what you're comfortable with and just respect what other people's wishes are that you know everybody's going to be on different levels of where what they want to do how they want to do it so you know don't question <laughs> people's comfort levels and um just be supportive and i i, I feel like it's the same thing <laughs> saying throughout the entire pandemic of you know give yourself that grace and that space mm-hmm. to do what you need to do and it it's just it's almost like nothing's changed and everything's changed absolutely so so i think that that is such good advice mg of like ease into it because i did so I should mention three weeks before this wedding bonanza weekend, I also had that bridal shower. Um, but then I forgot we also had the bachelor <laughs> bachelorette party at Morgan's Pier. We wanted to be outside. Ended up being that really cold weekend in May mm-hmm. um, where like we had blankets on us, but they were so accommodating. It was very nice. Um, that I eased into it. So like I was like, okay, I'm going to be... I'm going to see what I feel like going into this small bridal shower situation. Um, now, and then from there I grew more comfortable. Now I'm a hugger. So it, I did back off of like, I made sure for myself and also for other people, like I didn't jump in for the hug, which I normally That's would. the same <laughs> advice I gave. I was like, ask, okay. you know, cause I'm a huge <laughs> hugger too. And, 
Um, some people even pre-pandemic were not comfortable hugging. And so I've been making sure that when I'm seeing someone for the first time, that it's like, are you know, are you comfortable if I hug you? Like, I'm very excited to see you. So, um, you know, and then when they see me hugging other people, when they go for the hug, like it makes it that, so you don't have to ask because they're, they've seen you hugging. So, you yeah. know, you're comfortable. And then, um, it's a it's chain reaction everyone, of hugs. It is a chain reaction of hugs and it's making everyone so much more aware of, of people's boundaries, which is so great that you said that. So, yeah. So I love that. It's a chain reaction of hugs. That's what I we feel like, need. Daniel, I swear, like we have been just so in sync, um, about so many different things. And it has been just such a pleasure working with you because, you know, I, we both have our own ideas and our own experiences. Um, and where, you know, you've got your skill set, I've got my skill set and there's a lot of overlap, but there's, um, you know, things that we're still able to do on our own. And I, I have really enjoyed this idea exchange and kind of creating this together with you because, you know, I, I, I love a lot of your ideas and some of them it's like, okay, I'm glad that you said that let's not do this or let's tweak this, you know, and here's why that it's, it's been great working with someone on a, on a project that we're both, um, you know, essentially benefiting from. And so this is, you know, this podcast has been our little baby and, yeah. you know, par- yeah. <laughs> this co-parenting and raising it. We did um, a very great job co-parenting. And I, I thank you for that. I have to thank you too, MG, because you've been so open. And, um, but, but one of the biggest things, which I, I hope I've told you enough is like, this has to be it from your voice. Like it has to reflect you. And so, um, I love, it's almost, I almost feel like a little mama bird watching you <laughs> like, Oh my God, she, she's got it all. She knows like, she's, Oh yes. She's on way. She's just flying. Yeah. She's flying away. So I, yeah. So I thank you for that. But like, you've just been awesome to work with in terms of being open and being again, being like, understanding where I'm coming from with things and then being able to t- tweak it and be like all right so this is how you know I would say this is how where I want to come with it and like that's amazing because anything I do with anyone else I always want it to be a reflection of them and so let's let's talk about season two I you know things are things are opening up um uh we're we're getting vaxxed you know but I I still love the idea of the concept of beyond the venue because you know, a venue is just a building, you know, obviously it's so much more than that, but, you know, I think we'll just kind of keep diving into talking to different personalities, um, throughout hospitality, entertainment events, et cetera, because we're seeing a massive shift, um, specifically in the hospitality world where I've, you know, I've talked to so many people who are just done with, restaurant life and bar life. And, um, you know, Kylie's episode, uh, from last week of, you know, it's, you look around, it's four o'clock in the morning and you're, you're stuck in a bar and you're just done. At what point do you just say like, this is not the the life I want for myself anymore. And so I think, we're, and, you know, on top of that with, um, the concept of, you know, raising the minimum wage and healthcare for front of house and back of house and an increase in prices to make sure that restaurants are taking care of their staff. They're just, 
you know, a lot of points that were brought up, um, you know, even from episode one, a lot of the things that Brandon talked about, um, you know, and industry shifts. And I really do think that um, there's going to be some sort of reckoning that's going to to continue to snowball throughout the summer. And I will say I am really relieved that a lot of bars and restaurants were able to get some sort of money to help like keep them afloat. Um, and the percentage of places that closed was very small compared to what we initially thought was going to happen. Um, and I know July and August are typically like very, very slow times in the Philadelphia hospitality industry because everyone goes down the shore. (laughs) And I have a feeling that the New Jersey shore is going to explode this weekend because I believe that Jersey's mandates are lifted as of, um, Friday. So, um, I am not leaving Philadelphia. (laughs) I'll still be here. Um, over Memorial Day weekend, but um, you know, I'm just just very curious to see what happens. So I still think there are just countless things to discuss and learn, and perspectives to understand. And you know, what are do you? What are some of your thoughts that you have about season two? Yes. And I definitely want to have Hillary Ray on the show because when I reached out to her about season one. She's like, I am so, like, when she said I'm currently working on season three of my own podcast, that would have meant nothing to me a couple months ago. I'm like, oh, how, how hard could that be? And I was like, oh girl, you take all the time that you need. (laughs) It is so much work. It's, it's worth it, but it is a lot of work. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts, right? Yeah. So, um, I, for season two, so I loved season one. I, for season two, I want you to just definitely keep on, like I keep on being at like the forefront of like talking to people who are living through all of this um, and and um, sticking with like the concepts you had uh, through the first season. I would love, I would love for some guests to return and hear what's going on now with all of these changes. Um, Yeah, I just, I really, I'm interested to see because I'm not in that world that I'm interested to see like how it's progressed and how we can keep helping. That was one of the biggest things I loved of of the direction with each episode. It's like, how can we continue to help and buy local and like name and mention all these different places to go and support and here's how they're doing it now. And, you know, um, you know, you can get a, I love that a few people had said, like, even you said, like, you can go get a drink takeout, like takeout, (laughs) a cocktail, you know? So, um, just still continuing to show how we can show that support and like pointing out different areas in in Philly. And I I think I I might stay in Philly this weekend. I'm like on the fence. I don't like to go anywhere on a holiday. I don't (laughs) like traffic. I just, (laughs) I can't be bothered. I, I well, and the people, all the people still, like I'm still, so after that wedding bonanza, I promised myself, because my parents are a bit older and I did promise myself I would, um, you know, take it a little down, like low key for a little bit. So, but yeah. And then there's the traffic. (laughs) Who's got time for that? Um, well, so the, the last question I'll ask you today, um, your favorite venue, I I've asked all of my guests and they have had such a range of answers and I still can't get over. I think, I think my favorite, I, I love all of the responses. Um, but the Kamara's response and her talking about Atlantic city and 
you could only see it on the YouTube recording, but the shade that Tom is throwing her on his face and just, it was such this, this moment of hilarity. I, I loved it way too much. Um, so, and I know you're like, I'm going to turn the table on you and I'm, I'm going to ask you what your favorite venues are. And I, I think about this every episode of like, you know, if someone were to ask me, what would I say? And so I think it kind of depends on what the occasion is. So, you know, one of my favorite music venues in the city is, is Union Transfer. Um, it, it blows my mind. So, uh, when I was a freshman, sophomore at Drexel, I had friends that worked there at when it was a spaghetti warehouse. And so um, they may or may not have served us underage at the bar. <laughs> um, it's obviously long closed now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so we spent, you know, a couple, a couple nights at the, at the spag, uh, I believe as they called it. And so Every time I go back there, it just blows my mind of how they transformed this space into just this kick-ass music venue of, you know, having the ability to move the stage forward and backward to allow for more or less capacity. Um, so that's one venue that I'm super pumped uh, to get back into and start seeing shows. I think we've already bought tickets um, for a show either in November, I think. I, who knows? Um, so excited about that. And I just, I, I have, I'm excited to go back to bars. I think, you know, the Fountain Porter and Druid's Keep and Doobies and all these other bars that we just love the owners, love the bartenders, love being there, that it's, it's been so infuriating. And with good reason, I get why, you know, rules are in place and restrictions, but it's been so hard to try and get together with friends in terms of the the weather dictating your social life and needing to be outside and not having the ability, like even if you were going to an outdoor space that you couldn't just stand and mix and mingle, that you were forced to be seated. And so I'm, I'm glad that come June 11th, like all that's going away and you're able to at least kind of gather instead of being segmented out into different tables or just altogether not going because like, okay, there's 15 of us that want to get together. Like what, what are we doing? So, um, so I am just like looking forward to going to a bar, even if it means I'm standing behind it. Yes. Yeah. That's what, and it's still a little, you know, we were outside when we did go to Morgan's Pier, but it's still a bit different. Doesn't feel like back to normal just quite yet, right. but um, my geez, all these things are coming to me. So I will tell you, I love your responses, and I I agree. I like can't wait to. I mean, I've been loving breweries um, recently, and I just um, like we've been going to Broken Goblet, which, and it's funny because you and I are on the same boat. I don't drink beer <laughs> because of the because of our like intolerances, um, but you know I'll get their cider. <laughs> So, uh, but well, the nice thing too about the the Pennsylvania breweries, a lot of them do serve. They're legally allowed to sell uh, Pennsylvania wine and spirits, and so that's kind of typically been my go to move. Um, like one of the closest microbreweries to us is uh, Second District, and so they'll usually do like a red and a white, and um, or you know just get a 
uh, you know, stateside vodka and soda or something that simple. So Okay. See, I never knew that. I always wondered how they were able to do that. So I have an oldie for you as my menu and I have it and I have like just a few that I love. So I don't know if it's still around, but I remember going when I was 21 and it was called Marrakesh and it was Morocco. Oh yeah. I, I'm pretty around? sure that's where we did my girlfriend's bachelorette party in 2009 or 10 and we had a blast it was one of those like only 40 bucks per person and it was food 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 yeah and you sat on the floor and dancing dancing yes so I love that and I I I mean yeah that makes sense with it with the year so um but then and then real quick uh because I know we probably have to wrap it up um I love my Northern Liberties places still, you know, like Dos Segundos and Cafe La Maud is my favorite like brunch spot. So I, I just, I miss going to like the little, you know, in Front Street Cafe, which we're going to go to next week. So Yay! I miss going all those, those. Yeah, I used to live behind uh, Silk City and across the street from the Ruba Club. So <sighs> that was yeah. when you, when you go to the Ruba Club, you know, you're, you're in trouble the next day that, <laughs> Somebody get me the water and the Gatorade. It's yep, yep. I lived around the corner from the fire, but I okay. I've yeah. been to the fire though. Yeah, I went to several shows there back in um uh like that oh seven oh eight oh nine era. Mm-hmm. That's what my so. boyfriend loved this. So I but I lived around and I, one night I would, should have just walked in, but I didn't want to go home myself. <laughs> so yeah, so I hope that answers your question. It sure <laughs> does. I I mean it's it's always hard to pick your favorite. Um. So, okay. So Danielle, please let us know where you would like our listeners to follow you. Okay. So, uh, you can follow me at Daniela does what on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and still standing together at still standing together. And then by Vesta agency is at by Vesta agency. Um, all self-explanatory my website daniellagaldi.com has them all and connect with me anytime and also i'm going to you know make sure you follow beyond venue which i know you're going to talk about anyway but follow that one first and then follow me (laughs) (laughs) and you can and and you'll always see daniella's uh instagram handles pop up on beyond the venue podcast instagram because she's always liking and supporting uh the same way she does mg the venue specialist so (laughs) I, oh, this has just been wonderful. And I'm really glad that we got to wrap up season one by having this conversation today. And I am never had gotten the backstory of still standing. And so, you know, thank you for your vulnerability, vulnerability and, you know, just willingness to, to keep sharing not only with our listeners, but with the world and, you know, keep, keep being you and keep, keep doing it. So Listeners, thank you so much. Um, this is, you know, the end of season one. We are, uh, you know, we're we are going to be speaking about what season two is going to look like. So make sure you follow Beyond the Venue podcast on Instagram for all the updates of when we'll be coming out with season two. But make sure you check out all previous 11 episodes on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Enjoy the rest of your day.